Welcome back to yet another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. Uh, we were off last week, but I'm happy to say that normal service has resumed. Yes. You're looking fine, by the way, considering that you have you. quite a serious chest infection. And yes. I'm going to tell you why you got that, right? Yeah. You got a chest infection and sickness because you've given up alcohol. Do you, you think that's drinking. the cause? Well, I think, don't yeah. think it's helped you. I mean, if you're... I know you've told me you're quite often you give up <laughs> drinking for a month in February. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But normally speaking, over the course of time, you'd probably call yourself more of a drinker than a non-drinker. Definitely, yeah. And so your body, your metabolism... Gets used to it. ...is used to that, right? Yeah. Now, I've actually had, the night before this, complete, and the day before this, because I, I didn't drink at all. I try to do two days a week where I don't drink. And usually... Um, one of those is at the weekend when I drive back up to London, yeah. and then I try and do another one if I can. Yeah. Um, when I've you know when I've not got anybody to meet or when I can when I can get away with it. But most most of the time, I would say I drink. Yeah. Pretty much five days a week. I would yeah. Say. Well, I was drinking. I think. I mean, I go through stages of of drinking seven days a week. Right. You know, and and until it sort of becomes a bit debilitating. And all I mean by yeah, that yeah. is that. I know it's having a negative yeah. effect on me. There's you know? no question that if you overdo it, yeah, it makes you feel sluggish. Yeah, it makes you feel sleepy, grumpy, and grumpy. The and, as, and as we get older, I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, it used to be very hard not to drink in the business we're in. Oh my god, not yeah. quite so difficult now though. Yeah, well, I mean, if you didn't drink as a journalist yeah. in, you know, in the nineties and the noughties, mm. you know, it was you were missing out people, because, and also people thought you were a bit odd. Yeah, and and you weren't around when people yeah. were thinking about how should we cover this story. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, my issue with it was, I'm fifty right. now, right, and I was getting a little bit a mere, overweight, uh, a mere sort of strapping, uh, strapping. Said, yeah, yeah. Um, I was getting a little bit more. Uh, you mm. know, when you you can feel your shirt pushing against that your while, stomach. That was a while ago for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, there's no point to be trying to pretend that this has only just happened. So, and I've always been fairly lean, yeah. ish, and so I, the, that's that. There's a problem with that as well. Is that I can carry a bit of yeah. weight without, and without you're quite shirt. tall as well, and so I'm six foot, so it it's takes kind of, a while for it to be noticed. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and, but. I was noticing that, you know, I was quite easily drinking a bottle of red wine yeah. to myself. Yes. And then I wouldn't mind a little black label yeah. on the side afterwards right. as well. Right. And I'm one of those people who, when you get a taste for it, I can't stop. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm like you. I mean, I, I very rarely would I go and have like one drink. No, I mean, for example, now with the, the driving and stuff like that, I mean, there used to be people who would say, oh, you have a couple of pints so you can drive yeah. the car. I know, if I'm driving somewhere, I don't drink not at drink all. Not at all. Just no, don't bother. No. The other factor was that, I can't drink cheap wine anymore. I no. don't, you know, again, I don't need to be snobby. But no. If, and I've drunk really nice five pound bottles of yeah. wine, but they're hard to find. And so what I tend to do, we've got a fantastic uh, off license at the top yeah. of the road called the Highbury Vintners. Okay. And they know Sounds everything about it. It's really lovely. They're yeah. lovely guys, yeah. but they know, I mean, every, all the wines are amazing. Yeah. They'll tell you all about it. So I was spending about probably 20 quid a, a bottle really? for wine. Yeah. Blimey. Yeah. That is a lot. And I was drinking a bottle a night. Yeah. So, you that's, start that's adding it up, yeah. then it's you're looking at six or seven hundred quid a it's month. Like, well, they used to say about cocaine, it's God's way of telling you making too much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think I was making too much money. <laughs> <laughs> I started to think this the household accounts can't go start on. Start to ask questions yeah. about these kinds of things as well. I mean, I must admit, I haven't quite reached that level. I, I joined. Um, not really. It's not a wine club, but I signed up to this place called Lathwaite's, right? Oh yeah. Who do um, cases? Because I mean, yeah. one of the things I used to hate was like when I used to smoke. I never wanted to run out of cigarettes. Yeah. And I used to hate going down to Sussex at the weekends and thinking, "I'm oh, so I've got to go and buy you know half a dozen bottles of wine." Yeah. Because people might be coming round or something. So I just get the cases delivered. Now. Yeah. But I don't normally pay more than about seven or eight quid a yeah. bottle. Okay. Because they do some really good stuff for that. Yeah. And sometimes they've got specials on stuff. I mean, for me to spend twenty quid on a bottle of wine. 
that would have to be a quite a special it's occasion. It's got an event, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a special occasion. Yeah, it was, it was like a Monday was, night. It was a Monday night. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> and also, if you like your wine, yeah. you want to drink decent yeah. wine. So again, this is one of the plus sides, downsides. The vintners, because yeah. they're so good, they have these uh, wine tasting oh, yeah. nights, right? right? And they get like a guy from a Californian vineyard to come over. Yes. And they've got six different wines. That's always good. And, and then you always they're buy amazing. Those, right? and, and you've got to buy yeah, you know, yeah. half a case right. or a case of wine. So, And then because I'm a bloke, mm. you get into the, you know, once you start getting into something, right. then you really get into it, don't yeah. you? you know, and so, also they know you're into it, so yeah. then they start pulling you in even more. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so here, that's where I was about uh, the beginning of September, mm. right? And I just woke up one morning and I thought, I can't, I just can't, I won't, I can't do this every day of my yeah. life, right? right? So I'm going to stop now, cold mm. turkey, right. and see if I can get through to um, uh, Christmas. Right? Okay. And so far, it was my wedding anniversary in the middle of October, yes. so we went out, we had one bottle of wine. Did you that. go to that restaurant I told you about? You know the one in Kensington. The, no, I didn't. We couldn't get a. Oh, okay. We couldn't get over there. We went to a very good one in um, uh, near. Um, uh, oh God, what's it called? Where the old post office was around here, the big. Um, oh, well, down Mount Clarkwell. Pleasant. Mount, Mount Pleasant. Pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, very, I very been there nice. For years, actually, really good. Do you know where I went Changed once completely. around there? Yeah, um, was the Dark Restaurant. Have you been there? No. This is amazing, right? Yeah. This is in Farringdon. It's a little bit further down. Yeah. Right, and you dine in the dark. Oh. Which is quite... Wow. Quite what, sort of total black? Complete black. How do you find where your food is? Then? Well, that's the whole point of the right. exercise, right? right? They take you, you... You go in, yeah. right? And it's almost like a sort of locker room scenario. Right. Where you put your, all your stuff. You're not allowed to take phones. You're not yeah. naked. Yeah. You know. But you um, could be. You but would you, know. Well, this is it. I mean, you don't know. Um, and you basically are put into a line and you kind of... You hold hands with the person oh and you get God. led into the room and you get sat down. Yeah. And they just bring you a series of different courses and right. wine. And do they tell you what it is? Oh, yeah, they're talking yeah. to you. Right. And it's all about sort of making your senses feel different. Right. So, funnily enough, the food, actually, was was okay, not brilliant. Right. So, it's not really about the food. It's no. more about the kind of experience. Yes, yeah. amazing. It's quite weird to sit completely in darkness, yes. right? But you know, to your left, probably, say I was sitting on, I think, a, sort of either a chair or a banquet, I can't remember. Yeah. The, my, my dining companion was opposite me. Yeah. So, I couldn't see her. But I could sort of vaguely touch her yeah. from time to time. Yeah. Not in that oh, way. In the sort of me start. too kind of stuff. Not, no, not well. <laughs> she wanted me to, but that's another story. Um, anyway, um, it was a really weird experience. Yeah. Because you're drinking as no, well, so you're getting a bit pissed. Yeah. And you're in the dark. God. And you can hear people talking to either side of you. But yeah. you don't know who they are. And do they, and do they just turn the lights on at the end of the night? And no. And a big reveal? You just no. all walk out? You all go out. God, how strange. So you never know what the room's like. How strange. It's quite interesting. Very good. Anyway, so I was there... Thinking, uh, okay, so I've drunk that one night, October the 11th. So this is your wedding event. And you I did enjoyed drink. it. Yeah. Right? And then this Saturday, just yeah. gone, we were in the countryside and my wife said, I'm f- you're, you're a boring Is this at the end of your week of being ill? Though? Yes. Right, so, so you're now on the road to recovery. Exactly. Yeah. She says, you're a boring git yeah. off the booze. We were having a bottle of wine tonight. Well, okay. we had two bottles of wine. Yeah. And I woke up with the same old hangover. Yeah. And I just thought, never again. I just Did you get enjoy getting drunk? Not really, no. no. Just sort of hoovered it mm. up, you know, because mm. it, you know I hadn't had so much for a long time. But right. I'll tell you, the big, the big difference for mm. me, <clears throat> and the reason I can say, with it being a possibility that I don't think I'll really drink again, yeah. I, I'll never completely stop, but 
generally speaking, that mm. I don't drink, is the uh, how brilliant non-alcoholic beer is these days. That's true. That, Mate, I honestly, agree with you. Because I've had a couple of those. Everything. I went to a place in the first time I really had it. I mean, I've had it once or twice for fun. <clears> but I had it in the New Camp. Yeah. Very disappointingly. Right. When I was in Barcelona years ago. And my sister and I and my two older kids yeah. had, had somebody who got us tickets for the El Clasico. Yeah. In fact, it was the one where um, uh, Mourinho poked Villanova in the oh, eye, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. which was great. Yeah, amazing. And my daughter, Emma, uh, who you know, yeah. was a massive Ronaldo fan, still really? is, right? Yeah. And we were sort of the guests of the uh, Catalan um, the football gun. supporters and all that. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, it was just the Barcelona people. Yeah, and, yeah. I said, and I said to them, you know, how many... Um, Real Madrid, because I was kind of looking around, and when they do the hymn, the Barca hymn, yeah, yeah, which is amazing, I said, "How many, you know, Real Madrid fans do you get in here?" He went, "None." Yeah, I said, "What you don't? You know, so they don't, don't just don't come. Just don't don't no, come. we don't actually sell any yeah. tickets. It's, and it's, the, it's the same at the Bernabeu. Mm. They, they don't let." And Barcelona. we were behind the goal. Yeah. And um, I think Barcelona were like two one up or something. Yeah. And Ronaldo scores in front of, of, of our seats. Yeah. She minute. just jumps up like this, well, and I'm going, "Oh shit!" Yeah. You know, but you've got no alcoholic beer there. Uh, well, they had um, Estrella, yeah, but it was all um, non-alcoholic. Yeah. So I'd gone because we'd been to Barcelona for lunch. Um, we'd sort of walked around the city. We'd been to the cathedral, yeah. the Gaudi place. We'd had a yeah. couple of glasses of wine. So I was ready to watch a watch a football match in Europe yeah. and have a few beers. Yeah. And it was all non-alcoholic. It was a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. But, but how long ago was that? Uh, that would have been about 2012-ish. Right, probably. okay, so I reckon something has happened. I'm, mm. I, I should get to the bottom of it. There's yeah. some technological advance has happened. Because yes. it used to taste metallic. And flat. Flat. Yeah, and that's exactly thin, right, yes. You know, and something quite exactly nasty right. about it. Yeah. So now mm. I get uh, Beck's Blue, right? right? Or Heineken. It's Odell's one as well. It's Odell's it might be. There's, one. Mate, there's dozens yeah. of them now, right? Mm. It's a whole big industry. Mm. And I get, you know, I get Amazon to send me 48 cans okay. of Bex Blue, and that will last me for a fortnight at least. Okay. And what I've worked out is that if I can get through the hours of, say, 6.30 to 7.30 yeah. or 8 o'clock right. without having a drink, I'm fine. Yeah. That's when I would normally open a bottle of wine, have a glass, and then you'd be Yeah, in see, it. I can do... Like, we just had friends of ours, mutual friends of ours yeah. down at the weekend, Kevin O'Sullivan, yeah. who worked with us at the Mirror, yeah. and his wife, uh, Henrietta, and... They arrived at, I guess, around about... Um, they were meant to arrive at one o'clock. They got about half past two, usual rules, you know. Yeah. Saturday went a bit funny. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> um, and my sister has has one of those constitutions. I don't know how she does it. She yeah. still smokes. She drinks. She works on Wall Street in her life. She said every year she goes... She lives in America, so she goes for a checkup every year to the doctor. Yeah. And every year the doctor said, you know, I wish I could tell you that, you know, your lungs were shot... <laughs> Your liver's gone, but, you said, but you're fine. Yeah. You're absolutely fine. Yeah. And she'll get when we're at home with her in Connecticut. She'll get to sort of half eleven, and go. Um, well, I suppose it's time to open the first bottle. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I can't really. I mean, as much as I drink, I don't yeah. like to drink like all day no. and then all night. No. I, I prefer to wait till about five o'clock, yeah. sort of cocktail hour, yeah. to have my first drink. Because if yeah. I start drinking at lunchtime, and then go all the way through. I need to go for a nap at some point. Yeah. You know, no, I, just, no, no, I don't totally. enjoy it. I, I've never been able I to do that. I, you know, unless I'm sort of out on the Raz, yeah. like I was the other night for, yeah. for, for Paul Henderson's do. So um, so we managed to get through, in, included in all of this, we also had a trip to the pub, the local pub, yeah. um, to take the dogs for a walk and to have a couple of pints. So in addition to all that, <laughs> we did 15 bottles Oh right, my God. of a mixture of sort of between wine how many? and prosecco six between of six of us. Yeah. Oh my God! Which is nearly three each. That's good going. Which is pretty good going. But we the... did we did have a big dinner as yeah. well. I mean, you're talking about from a, from about two thirty yeah. until about midnight. 
I think the most I've ever drunk in one session that I can remember, yeah. probably a few I can't, but most I can remember was, uh, you must have been on it, a think tank we had in Dublin, yeah. with the mirror, yeah. and Ellis Watson was there. And, yeah. and we had a whole day in Grafton Street. Yes. And then we ended up in a, we ended up a in, club uh, called a club. Lily's Bordello. That's right. Which Piers always called Lily's Bordello. And wasn't there somebody famous in there, like Gazza or something? Didn't Somewhat, we run yeah. into somebody... And there was yeah. a bit of a punch-up. Yes, there was a bit of argy-bargy. Right. But we, I mean, we started drinking we Guinness at about in that 10. really cool... Sort of, right, Morrison's, the Little Penny Bridge. Was it Morrison's Hotel? Yeah, it was, yeah. Which is the one that the U2 guys own? It's, it's not there. No. But it's, it's near it, there. It was opposite. Yeah, there. it's near yeah. there. But really it, was, nice. it was one of these very trendy places. And I remember, as ever with these think tanks, we yeah. had the one big meeting yeah. uh, on the Saturday morning for about three hours. That's right. But everything else... It was just off you go. Yeah, because I remember coming down early... Because Piers um, and Craig McKenzie and I had a game of golf yeah. in, in, I think it was either Royal Dublin or some Dublin golf course anyway, yeah. uh, which was great fun. And we ended up having a conversation like of which could never be published <laughs> about some of the things that we'd gotten up to in our private lives, oh, right? which, which was very amusing. Yeah. Um, and it was also the trip on which, and when De- Des Kelly, who was the deputy editor, That's right. at one point said to me, we were sitting in the bar of the Morrison's Hotel, and I was banging on about something like, you know, I was never short of ideas. Yeah and about how crap they were, yeah. everybody else's. He said, well, if you were so fucking good, why are you in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> to which I said, well, in Scotland, we're putting fucking circulation on. In England, you're losing it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm doing. Des used to have on his on his Mac in his office, and he used to, on the back of his Mac, so when you were sitting there talking to yeah. him, he had two lines from that Radiohead song, that says, like, with your opinions, which are of no consequence <laughs> at all. You would it's just in case yeah. you were sure. Yeah, that was... That was so, that I mean, we started drinking at yeah. like 10 o'clock yeah. and we went all the way through probably till four in the yeah. morning. And, you know, it must have been 20 pints or the equivalent, easy. you know, easily. Oh, easy. But you could, and then, you know, you could do it then over a long period of time and then you'd be up and you'd be fat, you'd be a bit rough the next day, but no bigger... But also, I in, those, in those kinds of weekends and those kinds of circumstances, yeah. you just you, you kind of were prepared, mentally prepared for it. Yeah. So you knew that you were going to be doing That's it. That's right. And everybody, I think, had their own method That's right. of dealing with it. Big I mean, Lemanga was the same. Yeah. Lemanga, I remember, we would be singing, you know, uh, around the piano uh, yeah. until about three in the morning. Yeah. And then we'd all be up for breakfast yeah. at about seven, about eight o'clock or something. Yeah. And then they'd be on, either on the golf course yeah. or you'd be having a meeting Somebody would go for a sauna, you'd feel a bit better, you start drinking again about midday. Yeah. You know, I mean, Terrible. I think we've had that. But we all, of... I enjoyed it all. I've, oh, yeah. I would, and I'd never regret a minute of that. I mean, there was one night in Scotland where it was Richard Wallace's first think tank where oh, we yeah. went. Were you there for that? We went to, I don't, I'm not sure you were there. Oh, I don't think I was there. We went there. to that, is it the Waverley Hotel in Edinburgh? Edinburgh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what year would that have been then? Oh, God. So when did, so it must have been 20. Uh, Oh six, something like that. Yeah, that like was the year right. after I got fined. Yeah, right. Or so just around that time. So yeah. it was just after Piers went yeah. as well. Right. And Wallace had his first think tank there. Yeah. And um, and I got through it quite well, you know. Mm. And I was a bit nervous because it was relatively junior. Yeah, yeah. It was like first big. How are we all going to settle in? Right. with The new editor. And then that night, I remember I had this enormous room in the Waverley Hotel. Yeah. I must have made a mistake and right. given me the huge, huge room. <clears throat> And I went in, and there was a bottle of red wine, you know, yeah. on the table. Right. And there was a, a collection of the short stories of Ernest Hemingway, right. Right? Yeah. A, a, which I'm a huge fan. So now so you're, thought, sure you're thinking even more you're in somebody else's so, room, So I was very right? relaxed, yeah, yeah. and I ran myself a bath, right. unput, uncorked the wine, yeah. sat there reading Hemingway yeah. in the bath, and drank the whole bottle of wine before right. dinner, right? 
Got up. It was a long bath. Got up. Yeah. Had went out for dinner. More wine. More yeah. wine. Some spirits come. More spirits. More spirits. Then we go back to the Waverley Hotel, and the Waverley Hotel had this bar when right. you walked in, and it had a mezzanine, right? I know, yeah. And in the mezzanine was a harp, right? Don't right. ask me why there was a harp. Right. But there was a, it was like Romeo and Juliet kind of But there wasn't anyone playing it. No one playing it, right. just a harp, yeah. right? So at about two in the morning, I got it into my head that I was going to go and play the harp, of right? yeah. Ran up these stairs... And start playing the harp, right. right? And then within about three seconds, the manager's screaming, yeah. security, security, yeah. and all this. And then I find myself, God knows why, I mean, I'm a resident there. They put the bloody harp there. There was right. no barriers or anything. Yeah, exactly. But I start running through the hotel, right. being chased by security guards, <laughs> right? Like something out of a film, like That's I've murdered someone. Yeah. And I'm hiding in right. doorways like this, right. totally drunk and paranoid. Right. And then eventually they go. And I creep back down, mm. and I remember sitting opposite Wallace, who was equally pissed as right. at far. And I, you know the supreme wind up yeah, the yeah. and he just leaned across to me and he said, "You know the problem with you, don't you?" And I said, "What's the problem with me?" He said, "Nobody likes you." <laughs> I lost it completely. I started crying. You know, I was like totally oh, gone. No. Phoned, phoned my girlfriend at yeah, the time yeah. saying, I've just quit. Told yeah, Wallace yeah. I was quitting. Right. He could stick his job. Horrendous. Went back to, ended up going back to his room right. to calm it down. More beer, right. all this business. Went back to bed. And then, you know, you wake up in the morning, mm. seven o'clock, the alarm goes. And then you, you start wake to up, remember stuff. You've got about three seconds yeah. of peace. Yeah. And then you go, oh no, oh, oh. no, oh no. Yeah. Terrible, right? Career's over. Yeah. Worst night of my life. Yeah. Walk check out. the phone to see you've been ringing. Yeah, to walk okay. out of the room, check out, got my bag, press the lift, right? The lift drops down and the door opens and it's Wallace <laughs> stood in the lift in an Hawaiian shirt and right. sunglasses. Right. And he just went, morning sushi. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what he used to call me, sushi, because I used to like eating sushi. Right. And never a word was said about really? it again. Yeah. But, I mean, well, we did honestly. another one. I don't know if you wrote this one. Do you remember the one we did somewhere in like Hampshire? There was a, yeah. a sort of stately home hotel yeah, yeah. attached to a really bad golf course. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I don't know why we went there, but it was not a foreign field. Was it not, um, I thought it was near Piers' place in West Sussex, wasn't it? It might have been. I yeah. don't know. It was one of those, I think I've probably Because didn't we go into East Grinstead? That rings a bell. I don't know. Near, right, anyway. I don't know. Right, go I on. Because, I mean, I think that was about as, one of the most drunk uh, I've yeah. ever been at yeah. any point. Yeah. And I think I might have come from Wales or something. I'm not right. really sure. But I just remember that we sat in this huge dining room from the first <laughs> night and it turned into a massive sort of football song style <laughs> sing song. So at which point everyone else in the hotel, these poor sods who yeah. had gone there for sort of romantic breaks, weekends away. Going nuts. Going, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, well, we can't sleep. Because we weren't well behaved. It then got worse than that because it was right after the Achtung Surrender stuff as well. Oh right? my God. Relatively, you know, fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah. Well, you should explain because no, no one will yeah. know Well, Achtung Surrender was yeah. the World Cup yeah. um, of what, 2000 and... Was it not 90, Euro 96, wasn't it? Could and it was Germany, there? England. In the oh, I mean, yes, yeah, it was still in yeah, England, yeah. and so, in actual fact, it wasn't Piers Morgan's headline no. because it was Brendan Parsons who was then the deputy yeah. editor, who was a yeah. right wanker. <laughs> I seem to recall. This is a guy, by the way, who, when he was at Today, yeah. I once flew from New York yeah. to sit in his office because he owed me twelve grand <laughs> on all these features he'd commissioned, and he kept saying he was going to pay me. All right. And I said, I'll tell you what, mate, if you don't pay me this, I'm coming to get you. Right. And he thought, and he used to laugh down there in yeah. the phone. He came into work one morning. I was sitting in his office. <laughs> 
You went, hello, Mark. I'm like, I'm not fucking leaving till you cut me a cheque for 12 grand. You know uh, Colin Myler, who was mm. the editor before Pierce, used, yeah, yeah. used to call him Eric because he went to, uh, he used to know a charity shop in right. Notting Hill right. Right, where all the rock stars gave their oh, yeah. suits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Brendan Parsons had found this suit. That he was a very weird guy. It belonged to Eric Clapton. Right. right. And Brendan was quite sure. Yeah. Clapton's quite short, but yeah, not quite not as short. short. But the, so the sleeves, <laughs> the sleeves sort of came down to the middle of his right. fingers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was Eric Clapton's suit. Eric Clapton's suit, yeah. Right, Tosser. <laughs> anyway, so he was the one that had done this kind of um, ridiculously jingoistic. Yeah. It uh, had sort of like Teddy page. Shame and a tin yeah, hat and Gazza, didn't it? And I think it had a couple of Spitfires yeah. in the background. Yeah. Achtung, surrender, yeah. and it was, you know, your boys yeah. with a Z. For you, Fritz, yeah. the Euro 96 is, is over. over. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. You have got to give Piers a lot of credit for this because yeah. he got it, of course, in the neck massively yeah. as a result. But he wasn't even in, to, it wasn't even <laughs> his paper, right? But very shortly, there, it must have been three or four years on because I didn't join the until 99, but it was still very much a fresh thing. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out, in addition to the think tank that we were having, right, there was one being held by Deutsche Bank <laughs> in the same fucking hotel. And of course, you know what's going to happen. We decided there was a snooker room that we should yeah. go and go and play snooker. Yeah. This was and this, this place was, in East And this was literally was. hours and hours and hours yeah. later from when the drinking had started. <laughs> and Piers was just sort of absolutely yeah. riled up for yeah. some reason or other. And kind of opened the door to the snooker room and said, all right, guys, you know, you've been in here a long time. Yeah. It's time. And it turned out they were all from Deutsche Bank. So mm. we kind of left the area and went for more drink and hatched yeah. a plan to basically take the snooker room. <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally Achtung yeah. Surrender. Monte Casino. Being shouted yeah. into the room as we went in. And it was like, if oh. anyone, and we all agreed afterwards, and in the morning it was like, We'll all yeah. have to forget that, that happened. That never Nobody happened. talks about it. Never. Nobody yeah. can mention it because if yeah. anyone finds out that Piers Morgan yeah. was leading the charge into yeah. a snooker room full of German bankers, full of German bankers shouting "Achtung, surrender!" Yeah, people might well, think he was a prick. People might think he was a prick, <laughs> or in fact that he was—he was so fucking insensitive and anti-German yeah. that he might have to lose his job. Yeah, fucking hilarious. Oh though. my god. Well, I—I've never found out if it was absolutely true, but I'm told that there were a load of flyers um, made up with that front page and right. Piers had hired a Spitfire to fly over Berlin yes. and drop and airdrop yeah. these flyers and the, and the Spitfire was kind of or the bomber mm. was called back just as the sort of row erupted you know just return that to base return like, to base that sounds like the Kelvin McKenzie plan to drop apples over Paris do you remember this one? no this was when there was some kind of um, boycott of apples by right. the French. It was right. a bit like the um, you know the CJD time. They wouldn't allow any British beef right. or lamb into France. Right. There was similarly some kind of boycott yeah. of British apples, right? And so Kelvin had <laughs> oh, this bad idea. Oh, it was the golden delicious thing, wasn't it? The old, it might have been. They said they weren't proper apples. Yeah, anyway, it might have been. Anyway, he had this idea. So, of course, like everything <laughs> that used to happen under under Kelvin's watch, he dispatched somebody like Stuart Higgins. Right, here's what you're going to find out. Can we get a couple of thousand apples and uh, can we drop them over Paris, right? And hire a plane, be easy. You take it down to Dover, it's a short hop, you know. It's not, you know. people. Well, this is, people said, yeah, actually, that's fine. But we've spoken to people and we've actually worked out that um, the apples will fall on people's heads with the same power yeah. uh, as dropping an anvil. Yeah. It would be, like, be like that cartoon guy, you know. And he went, no problem. He yeah. said, I've got an idea. He said, I've got another idea. We'll attach them to tiny parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is he? They actually went to some parachute manufacturer and said, can you make a thousand miniature parachutes for, the, for, for some apples? apples? 
And they went, oh my God. Are you fucking ridiculous? Yeah. Are you mad? Yes. Yeah. So, do you so know that this works? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You can't drop a parachute, and a, 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 you can't put a parachute on an apple, one, unless it's really massive. Right. And you therefore can't <laughs> drop a load of apples yeah. just out of the back of a plane. Who's going to yeah. pull the, the who's, cord? Who's I mean, you know, pull the cord? No, you know, they wasted like weeks on this planet. Well, I'm you sure know. you could have done it without having to put it in the backpack. You could have just locked it out. I think in the end, you know, this plan B was yeah. send a reporter to Paris yeah. with a load of apples in a bag yeah. and get him to un- 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 you know, unfold them all in the middle of fucking the Eiffel Tower Square. And just insult all the French yeah. gratuitously yeah. for the next month. And yeah. up yours to laws and all oh that. My God. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, happy days. But drink-wise, I have to I have a funny story for you yeah. on the drink front because I've got teenage uh, kids now, as, as you <laughs> will soon have. Yeah. I dare say. Well, my um, eldest is a teenager now. Well, there 14. you go. 14. Yeah. Well, listen, you're about to enter yeah. the world of teenage dumb yeah. in that case because my older daughter has rather unwisely told my 15 year old son. Is this Emma? Yeah. Yeah. That I gave her her first drink when she was 14, which is entirely true. Yeah. But it was under sort of controlled circumstances. Yeah. You know, my sister used to have a New Year's Eve party in Connecticut. Yeah. And my daughter and my son would be the kind of waiters and they yeah. used to make tips they'd make quite a lot of tips in fact because yeah. Murray's rich socialist friends would always handing out money you know so they'd make a couple of hundred dollars yeah. you know just handing you know taking <laughs> ashtrays handing yeah. out drinks pouring yeah. drinks so I said to her well you can have a glass of champagne and so she did but she of course she told my 15 year old son this so who now thinks he's entitled to have a drink yeah however rather than doing it under the sort of care of his parents it turned out that on his birthday his 15th birthday he somehow got his hands on the amaretto bottle, which was in... I I mean, I don't want to live in a place where I lock up my booze, right? Yeah, quite. But I've now said to him, you know, I may have to do that, which would not please me. Mm. He drank about a third of a bottle of amaretto. Oh, not amaretto. Now, amaretto is about the sickest and most awful liqueur drink. That would put you off it for I mean, if I have one... Yeah. I'm already kind of wretched. No, too much. It's not really my it's thing. It's got to be ice cold as well. It's a bit like, um, what's that, Zambuca. Oh, you know? my God, yeah. I mean, I've taken to drink... I mean, some of the nights I've been really crazed, I've been drinking, yeah. like, black Zambuca. Oh. And I insist on them bringing me coffee beans so I can set fire to it. Yeah. I mean, you know... Well, at least pit- that burns some of the alcohol. Or? Well, yeah, but can you imagine how pissed you have to be to want to set fire to your drink? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not having it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you, haven't got any, if you haven't got any coffee beans and you can't set yeah. fire to it, yeah. I don't want it. Bob you off. You know? Um... <laughs> anyway, so he was sick as a dog. His mother thought, and, this was, and it was a Sunday night, so I'd already come back up to town. And she texted me the next morning to say, oh, I said, how's it? Well, yeah, it wasn't a great night. You know, he spent about an hour throwing up between two and three in the morning. Yeah. And she thought it's because he'd eaten some dodgy Chinese food. We'd yeah. got this horrible uh, all-you-can-eat buffet yeah. in uh, Hastings. Which Did you was... let her keep that delusion? Well, right. I didn't know any different. I just right. said, well, we all ate the same food. Yeah. She didn't because she's a vegetarian. Right. I said, but I was fine. I said, I don't know what, you know. Anyway, but now it all makes sense because he drank a third of a fucking Sambuca. And it all smelt of almonds. Well, she didn't, no, she didn't pick that up at the time. Because I I said that to her when we discovered what had happened. Because he finally, he finally sort of uh, confessed. Yeah. And his reasoning was, well, you had your first drink when you were 14. I went, well, how do you know that? And he said, well, Emma told me. (laughs) Well, and she also told me that you gave her a drink when she was 14. So what's so different about me? I remember the first time I got legless was 
my dad's homebrew. Do you mm. remember in the 70s, everybody yeah. had their homebrew? Well, when I was at university, yeah. right, we made our own beer yeah. in the halls of residence. You couldn't get, you couldn't walk into Boots no. for all these dead yeah. Johns and cans. But, of, we, you know. but we had the kind of a crowd of us, right? And yeah. there was one guy who was sort of less, shall we say, smart than the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. And we made, we made him put it in his room because you had to keep yeah. the temperature. Oh, mate. About, you and know, he used like, to ferment and bubble yeah. away like that. And it's, he walked yeah. open his, he opened his room and his warm yeah. air came yeah. out, yeah. smelling of hops. It was in the, we had it in the airing cupboard, yeah. Yeah. So you, there was no towels or anything no. like that. It was just full of like latent booze. Yeah, and it was vile. And it wasn't I remember good. My mate um, Alistair Kennedy came over to help me paint my wall, mm. right, my bedroom, and uh, and so we got some of this red wine, homemade red yeah. wine. And my mum and dad found it. Like paint stripper. Oh mate, honestly, it was there was spew all <laughs> like, like purple spew. All over the carpet. We decorate. We decorated the room all right. Loads of people used to make their own. We used to have people that we knew who made nettle wine and yeah. stuff like that. My mum and dad used to make yeah. elderflower, elderflower wine. Elderflower wine. It was quite nice, actually. Quite um, sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was all very odd. It was all yeah. a bit kind of like the good life gone wrong. But do you remember, like, the shit we used to drink in the in the 80s? Like, well, Liebfremelsch and... Well, you know, actually, like, when I was worse than that, when I was first drinking, it was in the 70s. Yeah. And there was the only two things you could ever get in terms of what there were no wine bars Blue Nun Blue Nun Matthias Rosé Matthias Rosé you know, in, in its little, little kind of, yeah, yeah when I first used to start taking girls out yeah. you know that was the most sophisticated you could be yeah. was a bottle of Matthias Rosé yeah Matthias you know and you never knew how to pronounce it you know Matthias Rosé but no I, I got started actually on fucking Carlsberg Special Brew oh because I worked in this bakery the Hungarian yeah. bakery that I mentioned yeah. before and the guy was this millionaire Hungarian who'd escaped from Hungary during the revolution, 1956. Yeah. yeah. And with only his recipe book, literally, yeah. and, had, and had worked four jobs, yeah. ended up buying this confectionery shop in Hampstead. Yeah. And drove a blue Rolls Royce with gold. He was like sort of Trump-esque with his gold yeah. handles. The, the lady on the front was gold. Brilliant. The boot was gold, you know. <laughs> and he used to start drinking at about seven in the morning. Yeah. Champagne. Verve Clico, always, right? Yeah. By about midday, he'd moved on to Carlsberg Special Brew. Yeah. And by about six o'clock, he was on the vodka. So oh, I was yeah. drinking Carlsberg. So Carlsberg Special Brew was was our beer of choice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he, for Christmas, my four, I was fourteen. He gave me a case of Carlsberg Special Brew, right. which I took home and put under my bed. Drink it I up, didn't mate. have to hide it from yeah. my parents or anything. Yeah. But I remember one night, um, we just got very. My, my sister worked there as well. Yeah. We got very pissed and it ended up going into the the, the Three Horseshoes pub in Hampstead. Yeah. Which I don't think is there anymore. Uh, because we knew all the pub owners and all the restaurant owners. Yeah. So they, I mean, I looked about 10, yeah, yeah. never mind being 14. Well, I used to drink at 14 yeah, in pubs. Yeah. My, pint of mild, you know, yeah. 47. And I remember there was a bit at the back, and we had all these cakes. We were walking, we were, it was Christmas Eve, I think. So yeah. we, were, we were off the next day, walking, and we were going to walk home, take all this stuff home. And I remember standing up in this pub, and just falling straight backwards, <laughs> because I was off my face, you know. Cakes went everywhere. My sister then had to well, help me home. And my parents, my mother in those days had an MG midget, so yeah. you couldn't get in the car. Yeah. There was any, and they passed us on the way home. And I was literally, you know, <laughs> unable to walk. And when I got home, I just puked everywhere. Did you, did you used to get the whirlies? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the black swirlies. Oh, lying in bed. Lying in bed. Trying to put, like, around. putting a foot yeah. on the floor or something like that. Yeah. I don't think there's a worse feeling in, no. the, in the world. No. But you sort of drink your way through it. Don't yeah. You sort of work through it. Well, that. you soon kind of get used to it. But also, when I was younger... Definitely, it was much more likely that if I got very pissed, I would throw up. Yeah. Um, and, yes. and then And then and then I had to stop. Then yeah. later on in life, I would get to the point where I could throw up and then go back. I keep going, yeah. And now I don't throw up. I, used, I had a mate called Ian Lindsay who we used to we used to go from Formby on a night out down to Southport Casino, right. and 
in various days because you used to get free life. drinks and free kind of uh, they used to do roast beef toasted oh, yeah. sandwiches yeah, and, yeah. and you just asked the girl right. for it being as you know whatever and we'd always lose everything and yeah then, but you uh, thought it was great because you got free drinks oh yeah food. of course yeah, a few a few bottles yeah. of beer you know, and a sandwich yeah. you know. and then we'd Ian <laughs> Ian would then go and beg the manager for yeah. a taxi chit to get right. his home right but right. if the manager was in a bad mood say no lads have to know, walk. and we'd walk yeah. be like nine miles oh. down the railway track from Jesus. I mean honestly it sounds like something out of a Steinbeck horror that's story a, but, it's stand by me yeah like that, no we exactly walk we walk, and we'd yeah. sort of get back to Formby at about dawn Gosh. but special, talking to special brew my yeah. first job was on the um, the uh, Helter Skelter oh, yeah. Southport Fair right? right and working for a guy called Morris Rimmer mm. who was a brilliant brilliant lovely guy and uh, you know he's long dead but was a hardcore alcoholic you know a real mess yeah, yeah. But he, he ran the Helter Skelter. And under the Helter Skelter is a void, you right. know, full of sawdust where right. Morris and anybody else would just go and take a piss. And right. it stank like, right. a, you know, like a stable. You know, it was awful. <laughs> but my job effectively uh, was to uh, go up and get kids who were too scared to go yeah. down and give them a push. Right. And, and in between that, nip down to the Safeways down the bottom of the road on Lord Street and right. get Morris four cans of special drink, <laughs> which were paid for from the money yeah. he'd been fiddling on right. the thing. And Morris would go through about 12 tins of special yeah. brew. And that, it was the Alkies drink that in those was. days. Yeah, well, I didn't but know that. They rebranded it, mm. like, about three years ago as a sort of sophisticated, uh, you know, t- yeah. uh, treacle. Well, see, I never knew that. Because we had, I mean, this guy, Louis, uh, the place was called Louis, we had an off-licence across the street. It was in Heath Street in Hampstead, so right yeah. in the centre of Hampstead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had the greatest access to all, because he made cakes for all the restaurants. Yeah. So I used to be able to take girls who would inevitably work in the front half, the front shop of yeah. uh, many of them from the Catholic Grammar School in Finchley, believe it or not. Yes. So never let it be said that Catholic girls are not to be approached <laughs> under any circumstances. <laughs> and I could take them all out to these fantastic restaurants in Hampstead and get and pay, and pay for nothing. Marvellous. And I'd slip them an extra sort of, you know, apricot tart the next time Marvelous. I went up there. But they had an off-licence and he just had an account there. So you yeah. just go over there and he'd go, go and get a couple of bottles of, uh, of uh, Clico. Fantastic. And they just hand them to you. And I was 14 walking around with this stuff and the police would come yeah. and be entertained walk yeah, away with, yeah. a, with a no box problem. of mince pies they'd have a drink yeah. I mean it was incredible an incredible sort of education and it was full of people who had come from all over yeah. the world to work sometimes illegally yeah. in this bakery yeah. here's you know? something educational mm. do you know what Verve Clico means? Yes, it's the widow. Isn't widow it? Clico. Yeah. And do you know who Widow Clico was? I think I did used to know this. Yeah. Um, she was the woman that invented the 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 process of making champagne. Okay. Which is, I think, by accident, she discovered that you ferment it, mm. and then if you freeze the um, the neck of it, yeah, you can extract the cork, right. do something to it, mm. and then put another cork in, right. and that double ferments it. Okay. And that is the, and that me- the method, method champagne was. The method champagne was. Yeah. And also, of course, they do, which I also learned when I went to the, um, I didn't go to the Verve Clico one, I went to the Mums yeah. Carve, as they call it, in yeah. Reims, right? where they've got some fantastic stuff to go and see. If you've never been to Reims, they've got the cathedral. Yeah. Oh, no, it's amazing with, city. With the incredible stained glass windows. Beautiful, right? yeah. And we went to the... And what they, they stick a little liqueur in it as well, oh. which I didn't know. Right, I just, didn't just know as they replaced the, the cork, yeah. they put a, almost they like a, a little right. injection right. of some kind of liqueur. Just to boost it? Just to boost it a little nice. bit, yeah, yeah, which helps it to get even more bubbly. I've never been a champagne man, really. I do like champagne, but yeah. I don't drink it as much as I used to. I no. mean, for example, last weekend, when I was saying we had people down... We only drank uh, the bubbles. We drank were prosecco. 
Yeah, because Prosecco is so much cheaper. And it goes down so nice. And, it, and it's actually less, unless for me, unless you're paying a lot of money for the champagne, yeah. you know, the £20 champagne yeah. is really very good. You know the best way to drink Prosecco? In Venice, they serve it draft, right, right in massive big jugs right. with ice okay. and a few bits of, you know, lemon and herbs mm. and whatever. Right. And, and it's because it's so light, you just drink it like lemonade. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Well, I must admit, one of my favourite drinks in to have either in, in any sort of European country, because they all do it, there's a, there's a wine uh, which has a slight kind of bubble in it. Yeah, like Muscadet Sud- yeah, 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 yeah. But it's but it's just slightly effervescent. Just yeah. slightly effervescent. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Yeah, not too and fizzy. The Spanish do it, the Italians yeah. do it, and the French do it as well. There's a great wine in the Basque country called Chacoli. It's spelled T X A K O L I. Right. And it comes in green thin bottles, and it's drunk very young white wine. It's got that slight effervescence. Yeah. But it's very hard to get in the UK because the Basque, the Galician, uh, the, the Basque people um, don't like to, uh, to to export it. Yes. They only make so much and they drink it themselves. What's that stuff? Is it Albarino? That they Albarino. Yeah, Albarino, which, is, which, which comes is from, from Galicia, sort of, isn't it? Yeah, North. but apparently um, it's su- such an unusual taste because yeah. it's one of the highest vineyards in the world that's where right. it comes from because it's on overlooking the sea yes uh, so and it's okay. very kind of windswept that you're going to seriously yeah. never drink any of this stuff again then well so no I'm not me. saying that I'm not saying that I'm going to drink on special occasions yeah. I'm going to drink much much less but better quality okay. I'm going to maybe up my spend to 30 quid a bottle see that's all very well <laughs> but I've told you before this. I think I told you the story on here where some a friend of mine who's a wine connoisseur and she does it for a living yeah. brought me a bottle of wine the last time she came into the radio show to do something. Because the wine tax, apparently, in this country is very unfair. Yes, it is. And she was part of this campaign yeah. to just bring it to everybody's attention. She brought me this beautiful bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon from California. Mm. And it was a, it's one of those where you pick it up and you can tell it's expensive because it's a heavy Big bottle. Big, heavy bottle. And, I th- and she said, if you want to drink it now, it's fine. But if you lay it down for a while, even better. You know, but it's a fantastic wine. No, yeah. I can't remember the name of the vineyard. Anyway, um, so I put it in the cupboard in London. I thought, well, I could take it to Sussex and kind of savour it. Yeah. But for some particular reason, um, I got to the point where I didn't have any more wine. Yeah. And I fancied some more wine. So yeah. I thought I'll just, I'll just open it. Sod it, yeah. 10 o'clock at night. On your own. I've already had some. Don't have to share When I was it. cooking, yeah, I'm on my own. Yeah. Um, I'll just open it. Yeah. And I'd also promised myself I'm not going to look this wine up. Yeah. Because then I'll just it'll just make me nervous. Yeah. So I won't want to drink it in a bad time. Yeah. Anyway, so I fucking drank a lot. It had quite a lot of sediment at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked it up the next day. It sells retail yeah. 75 quid. Oh, but you know what, man? But I enjoyed it. Good. You know? That is the point, isn't it? Is mm. that in life, if you can afford to get something yeah. really nice and you can enjoy it, yeah. then you, you absolutely should. No, listen, that's been Don't my motto. My motto in all things yeah. is fucking enjoy it while you can because I was talking to somebody about this the other day. And uh, he said, well, you know, why don't we do that next week? Because I'm like, next week yeah. might be fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, anything could happen. Let's I could walk out of your house and get mugged and yeah. die. Yeah. Not suggesting that you live in a bad area. <laughs> but yeah, I could get run over. You know, anything could happen. Yeah, you do know, it while you can. I could be on a train and some guy decides to blow it up. Yeah. Now Quite that Al Baghdadi has going to be wreaking oh revenge God. from beyond the grave. Well, anyway, look, just We're to close things off... Mm. I've never felt better. Good. I get up every morning. Yeah. I feel fresh. I'm exercising. I feel creative. I feel good. I just hope that I don't slip into, you know, uh, three, four Well, it's not going to be easy at Christmas seven, party time, Christmas becomes tough, yeah. Although, actually, again, that's much less bad than Again, every bar in Britain now sells non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. So, if you want my recommendation, folks, uh, and you think it might be getting on top of you a bit, 
Try the no alcoholic beer, two or three cans of that a night, and you won't notice the difference. All right. Well, I'll leave you with Dean Martin's um, uh, epistle to anyone who doesn't drink, which was that um, I feel really sorry for people that don't drink because when they wake up in the morning, that's the best they're going to feel all day. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. So at about two in the morning, I got it into my head that I was going to go and play the hard drive. Of course, yeah. Ran up these stairs and start playing the hard drive. And then within about three seconds, the manager's screaming, security, security, and all this. And then I find myself, God knows why, I'm in my resident there, they put the bloody harp there, there was no barriers or anything. Yeah, exactly. But I start running through the hotel, being chased by security guards, (laughs) right? Like something out of a film, like I've murdered someone. And I'm hiding in doorways like this, totally drunk and paranoid. And then eventually they go, and I creep back down, Mm. and I remember sitting opposite Wallace, who was equally pissed as at far, and, you know, the supreme wind-up merchant. And he just leaned across to me and he said, you know the problem with you, don't you? And I said, what's the problem with me? He said, nobody likes you. (laughs) (laughs) They actually went to some parachute manufacturer and said, can you make a thousand miniature parachutes for for some apples? And they went, oh my god. Are you fucking ridiculous? Yeah. Are you mad? Yes, there's a duo that works. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You can't drop a parachute, you can't put a parachute on an apple, one, unless it's really massive. Right. And you therefore can't <laughs> drop a load of apples yeah. just out of the back of a plane. Who's going to yeah. pull the, the who's, cord? Who's I mean, you know, you know, they wasted like weeks on this planet. Well, I'm you sure know. you could have done it without having to put it in the backpack. <laughs> you could have just locked it out. <laughs>